Welcome, everyone, to the Ready for the Draft podcast. I am your host, Greg Schutz. This is episode 18 of the 2022 podcast series where we take a look at the draft eligible prospects and get you ready for the NFL draft set to begin April 28th through the 30th in Las Vegas, Nevada. That's right, just 42 days away. But who's counting, right? So the next domino has fallen in the pre-draft process, namely free agency. Free agency officially opened up on March 15th. We actually started seeing some talk about free agency on that Monday, but really we've gotten through the first full five days of free agency, uh, if you will. You know, we're recording this on uh, the 18th, the morning of the 18th, and there's really a lot that's transpired. Fireworks, if you will, and it's just proof that the NFL never sleeps. Even the off-season is must-see TV. Now, what I'm going to do with these next two podcasts, episode 18 will be dedicated to the AFC, episode 19 will be dedicated to the NFC, and really what we're going to take a look at is how free agency has kind of changed the makeup of these teams and what that means for them with the draft. So there's a lot to cover. Let's go ahead and just jump right into things. And I think if you have to start talking about this offseason, you have to start in the AFC West. Talk about game-changing moves. First off, you have to talk about the Denver Broncos. You bring in Russell Wilson, uh, you know, and really, you know, you're talking about Patrick Mahomes. You're talking about Justin Herbert, Derek Carr. You needed to make a splash at the quarterback position. And look, number nine overall, there was a talk. Maybe they go after Kenny Pickett. Maybe it was Malik Willis. We know it's a down year at the quarterback position. And look, the Broncos have only drafted four quarterbacks in the first round since the AFL FF, uh, NFL merger. And you're talking about Tommy Maddox. You're talking about uh, Tim Tebow. You're talking about Paxton Lynch. You're talking about Jay Cutler really hasn't panned out for this franchise. This is a, a franchise that's really focused mostly on free agency or trades to acquire their, their franchise quarterback from John Elway to Peyton Manning to now Russell Wilson. It makes a lot of sense when you look at this franchise. They've been through a lot of other quarterbacks. you got to make sure that you're targeting the right guy. Russell Wilson ultimately brought in. Uh, and when you look at at this team going forward, uh, they, they had to, to let uh, Drew Locke go, going to Seattle. They also uh, let go of uh, of Noah Fant. Maybe that means that Al, uh, Albert Okuebunam, uh, Albert O, uh, maybe they're expecting him to emerge there at that tight end position. Um, you know, and then they also let uh, you know Shelby Harris go there uh, up front on the defensive line. Look, they they, they brought in DJ Jones. I, I think that's a nice pickup. Uh, you know, they, they've re-signed Josie Jewell on the interior uh, of that that uh, linebacking core. And look, you know, especially with uh, with AJ Johnson and Kenny Young, free agents. You've got Baron Browning. You have Justice Chernod there. But I still think, you know, if if Devin. Uh, Devin Lloyd or Nicobe Dean, if that was an interest to them, they'd see if they could move back into round number one. But I think what you're really talking about is on day two, a guy like Leo Chanel, a guy like Chad Muma, those are guys, even uh, you know Quay Walker, if he's available, you know those are guys that can be had on day two that can end up helping out that the, the inside linebacker position. Now they needed a pass rusher, uh, you know, new defensive coordinator, uh, Ejero Ivero gets his edge rusher to team up with Bradley Chubb and that's Randy Gregory. We know what happened with the contract. He had initially committed to Dallas, ultimately decided I'm going to backtrack Denver off from the exact same deal. I'm going with Denver and look 
you know, I, I think it, it makes a lot of sense when you look at uh, the excitement that Nathaniel Hackett has already brought to to this franchise. And he's getting his quarterback. He, he's got Javante Williams at running back, Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, KJ Hamler, Tim Patrick uh, at, at the receiver spot. You've got a good offensive lineman from Garrett Bowles, Dar- uh, Dalton Reisner, Graham Glasgow, uh, you know, Lloyd Cushenberry there at the pivot. Uh, you know, really, I think the focus has to be on the defensive side of the football going forward for the for the Broncos. Um, that's really kind of the main thing that I think they have to be looking at. I think, you know, it, it's a weak draft in terms of defensive linemen, uh, or I'm sorry, uh, interior linemen. So, but that defensive tackle position, I think, is something that they have to keep an eye out for. Uh, you know, really, what's going to happen at that cornerback position? You've got Kyle Fuller, Bryce Callahan, Nate Harrison, Mike Ford, all free agents. So you've got Patrick Sertan, uh, Ronald Darby, uh, Michael Ojemudia, but I think you need to add another corner. Uh, Kareem Jackson is getting you know, a little long in the tooth. Uh, they're at the safety position. You know, you've got Justin Simmons there. I think you may end up looking for an eventual replacement for Kareem Jackson if you're not satisfied with Caden Stearns or Jamar Johnson. Um, you know, and then also looking at that right tackle position. Bobby Massey is a free agent. Uh, you know, Calvin Anderson was re-signed. You know, so it, it'll be interesting to see exactly where. Denver goes. Uh, obviously, they, they traded away their, their first round pick to Seattle for the Russell Wilson deal. But, you know, day two, day three, I think there are going to be some prospects. Keep an eye out for, for the Broncos, though. I think they need to go defense early and often. Um, transitioning to the Kansas City Chiefs. And obviously, the Chiefs, kind of a disappointing way to, to go out in, uh, in the playoffs. When you look at what the Chiefs have done so far this offseason, they re, you know, they, they bring in Orlando Brown. You know, they 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 paying him with with a franchise tag. They they bring him in. They really solidify the left side of that line. You know, Pro Bowl tackle. You have to bring him in. Frank Clark is back on the defensive defensive side of the football as well. Uh, you know, Justin Reed. They needed a safety to replace Tyron Matthew, and Justin Reed comes in is able to fill in that void. Uh, so. Really, you know, there's some questions, though. Who's going to be that third receiver? Byron Pringle's gone. Demarcus Robinson is is also a free agent, may not be back. You have Tyreek Hill. You have Nicole Hardman. Obviously, we know what Travis Kelsey means to the offense at the tight end position. A number three receiver, you know, be on the lookout for, for Jahan Dotson, possibly there at that number 30 overall selection. Um, you know, you look at, at the offensive line, I think you may look at a, at a right tackle, potentially uh, an upgrade over Lewis Niang. Uh, but, you know, the guard position with, with Joe Tooney and, and Trey Smith, Creed Humphrey, you know, you don't have to worry about the interior of that line. Uh, I think they're pretty solid there. Uh, defensively, obviously you have Chris Jones, uh, you know, but we saw the, the impact that Melvin Ingram had. When Melvin Ingram was in there, he was able to free things up for for Jaron Reed, Chris Jones, uh, Frank Clark. So I, I think either you know, whether you bring Melvin Ingram back or you get another edge rusher to to replace him, I think that's really going to be key. You also look at Jaron Reed and, and Derek Nadi both along the interior of that line. I think you got to bring Jaron Reed back. I thought he was uh, and Derek Nadi. You know, I, I think I could also see them making a move there. Uh, you've got Rashad Fenton and you've got Lajarius Sneed. But who's going to be that third corner? You know, is it going to be DeAndre Baker? You know, that, that's really a big question mark. Travarius Ward has already gone in free agency. Mike Hughes uh, is also a free agent. He may not be back. Uh, and then with that safety position, you've got everything solidified there with Justin uh, Justin Reed and Juan Thornhill on the back end. So losing Tyron Matthew, Daniel Sorensen, not going to be too much, uh, you know, not really feeling the pain there, if you will. So if you're looking at what's going to happen with uh, – 
the Chiefs there at number 30 overall. I think what you have to look at first and foremost is that number three receiver. I think that's really going to be key. That and an edge rusher. If Melvin Ingram isn't coming back, then I think that's really who they target. They target one of those edge rushers. If somebody happens to slide a little bit, I think that's really the direction that you have to go uh, if you're the Kansas City Chiefs. So if we move on to the Raiders, and good Lord, you want to talk about a team that's uh, just hit a home run with the, the acquisition of Devontae Adams. Now they trade away that their first and second round picks in 2022. The, the 22nd overall pick goes to, to the Packers as part of this deal. But now they've signed Devontae Adams, six years, $141 million. He's reunited with Derek Carr in Las Vegas, and it feels so good. The Fresno State duo back with that connection. And you, know, you look at that receiving core, Devontae Adams, Hunter Renfro, Brian Edwards, uh, you know, you've got Matt Collins potentially as a fourth receiver there. Uh, Darren Waller, Foster Moreau at tight end. Josh Jacobs, Kenyon Drake in the backfield. And then you bring in Brandon Bolden, who's going to be a nice, uh, you know, physical runner there, uh, really taking the place of Jalen Richard, Peyton Barber, who are both uh, free agents and likely not, not coming back at this point. Um, I, I think when you look at things defensively, you know, Max Crosby is sitting there at the defensive end position. And, uh, you know, obviously a, a Pro Bowl caliber player there. Um, what do you do? You need a running mate for him. And what? And they end up signing Chandler Jones, one of the premier pass rushers in the league. You know, he can be, you know, run a little hot and cold, I think, at times there in Arizona. But you put him opposite Max Crosby. And really, these are guys that, who are you going to double? You can't double them both. So I think you're, you know, that's going to be a dynamic duo there. They traded away Yannick Ngakwe as a result. Um, but in that trade with the Colts, they bring in Rock Yassin. And getting Rock Yassin, you, you pair him up with, with Trayvon Mullen, uh, and you've got a pair of starting corners. Nate Hobbs, Amik Robertson are going to be your nickel. You know, I think that really helps the secondary. Um, you know, I still think you look at that linebacker position, um, I think that's something that on day two, day three of the draft, the Raiders can be looking to potentially upgrade there. Uh, right now, uh, Divine Diablo uh, holds down one of the, the starting spots. K.J. Wright is a free agent. Um, and then also you're, you're looking at Denzel Perryman um, at, at middle linebacker. Um, you know, I think this is something that, that the Raiders are going to need to address. Obviously, you know, the, re the receiver position, we were talking about number 22 overall. That was going to essentially be a, a Chris Olave, Jamison Williams type of feel. And uh, I think now that really shifts to the Packers. I think that's what the Packers obviously need to do. Uh, but we'll talk about the Packers uh, in, in the next podcast. But when you look at, at the Raiders, I think, you know, offensively, you've got Colton Miller, Brandon Parker at right tackle. You're probably going to need to uh, look to, to bring in another tackle. Um, you know, you've got Leather, Alex Leatherwood. You've got John Simpson. Um, you bring in Alex Bars as well. Denzel Good at the guard spot. Maybe you look to move Alex Leatherwood out to right tackle opposite Colt Miller. Andre James is going to be your center. I think you're fine there. Um, you know, you, you could probably use another pass rusher in that group. You know, Cleveland Furl has been largely a disappointment to this point. Malcolm Koontz as well. But really, I think the biggest thing is uh, the biggest need may be at that defensive tackle position. You bring in Bilal Nichols, but, but Jonathan Hankins, Quinton Jefferson, Solomon Thomas, Ger uh, Gerald McCoy, Darius Phylon, all free agents. 
yes, you have Andrew Billings on the roster, but you're going to need to, to get some depth. You got to at least sign one of one or two of those guys uh, to really solidify some, some veterans up front. But I, I wouldn't be surprised if the Raiders look to try to bring in a defensive tackle early on in the draft now that that receiver position has been solidified. Uh, so that's really kind of what I'm seeing with the Raiders at this point. Um, I didn't mention the safety position, but you got Jonathan Abram, Trevon Merrick holding down the back end of the defense. Uh, you know, the Raiders, they're, they're, they're really, you know, really impressing you uh, when, when you look at what they've been able to accomplish so far in free agency. And uh, I think the best is still yet to come there for, for the Raiders. I think for, for fans, um, you know, man, Allegiant Stadium is going to be rocking early and often. Moving on to the Chargers. And I'll tell you what, L.A. is another team that really made a huge splash. You look at the edge position, and Joey Bosa needed a running mate. He missed having uh, Melvin Ingram opposite him. What do they do? Huge splash. They bring in Khalil Mack. They don't have to give up their number 17 overall pick either in order to, to make it happen. So you figure you've got Joey Bosa and Khalil Mack with Derwin James on the back end. Then what do they do? They go out and they sign a corner in J.C. Jackson, one of the premier corners. And so now you've got J.C. Jackson, Asante Samuel Jr., and Michael Davis there at the corner position. Chris Harris Jr. is a is a, a free agent, so he could potentially still be brought back. So you're thinking about that. You know the edge rush. You know the edge rushers. You know Nasir Adderley is going to be teaming with Derwin on the back end of that defense. But really, what you need to focus on is up the middle, up front, and that's really going to be, uh, I think, the focus early on for the Chargers in this draft. They, they really have to, to address a dreadful run defense, the worst rushing defense in the league. They already signed uh, Austin Johnson. They signed Sebastian Joseph Day. Those guys both feel like uh, more role players. I, I think what you're looking at with them, you know, those aren't necessarily going to be guys that are going to move the needle as far as starting potential necessarily, but they're definitely going to be role players. I think Austin Johnson could make his way into into the starting lineup there. You know, Justin uh, Jones, Linville Joseph, likely gone. They're both free agents. Uh, Jerry Tillery really hasn't panned out. The former first rounder out of Notre Dame, uh, really waiting for him to to emerge, and we just haven't really seen that. Uh, so when you're looking at that that nose tackle position and you're talking about Jordan Davis a 6'6 341 pounder that runs a 4.7840 and can bend like that a guy who not only is a space eater and, and is so powerful at the point of attack but a guy that's able to shed blockers and chase you down think about him in the middle of a decent defense with Joey Bosa and Khalil Mack and then Derwin James on the back end you know you've got uh, you know, some scary things going on there um, if that were to, to come to fruition. You know, I, I think the other thing, though, that you really also have to take a look at for the Chargers is, is up front along that offensive line. You know, Rashawn Slater, we know all pro left tackle. They hit a home run there on the left-hand side of that line, but the right side is still you know up in the air. They, they moved from Sam Tevy to Storm Norton. That hasn't really panned out. Brian, Brian Balaga you know, just couldn't get onto the field. He couldn't stay, you know, stay healthy. And so they've, they've actually let him go. We won't be seeing Brian Balaga back. So I, I think this really, you know, it, it's one of those things to where what are the Baltimore Ravens doing at number 14? And we're going to talk about them here in a minute. But if the, the signing that they made with, with Morgan Moses signals the fact that they are not going after uh, 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 Trevor Penning there at number 14, then I think, 
you really have to look at Trevor Penning as a potential right tackle to pair with Rashawn Slater. A couple of bookends uh, to, to block for Justin Herbert. And, and you know the running game with, with Austin Eckler, uh, Joshua Kelly, Larry Roundtree, Justin Jackson's likely gone in free agency. Um, you know It's really going to make things interesting. But I, I think you know if the Ravens end up going with Jordan Davis, and there's a good possibility that they might, then uh, I think you're definitely looking at Trevor Penning being the guy there at uh, at right tackle. And with you know the, the additions of Austin Johnson and Sebastian Joseph Day in free agency, that may signal that they're looking to continue to build depth because they know that that defensive tackle position is, is not the best in terms of that, that depth with that draft class. Maybe they're targeting Trevor Penning. Let's load up with, with some free agents there along the middle of that defense. Um, through, through free agency, and I, I think that's probably the way that they're going to look at things. The receiving core, you've got Keenan Allen. They were able to re-sign Mike Williams. I think that's a huge, huge deal uh, for the Chargers. You have Jalen Guyton, Josh Palmer in there as well. They may add another receiver, especially with Andre Roberts, a free agent. Uh, at the tight end position, you've got Donald Parham, Trey McKitty, um, Jared Cook's a free agent. Uh, so you, know, you could potentially see them bring in a tight end at some point as well. Uh, the linebacker position, look, you know, Chenna Nwosu is off to Seattle. Uh, you know, so you've got Drew Tranquil, you've got Kenneth Murray, but I think you need to add some some additional depth there along that, that linebacking core as well. But the Chargers, I think, another team that definitely hit a home run. And, uh, you know, it's going to really be fun watching the AFC West, uh, you know, and the matchups there. Uh, you know, if I'm a quarterback and I'm thinking about the additions of, of, of Chandler Jones and I'm thinking about the additions of, uh, you know, of, of Randy Gregory and, uh, you know, and then obviously Khalil Mack. You know, I'm, I'm really starting to worry about, uh, you know, what I'm going to be going up against there. So uh, a, a lot of fun uh, to be had out west. Moving from the west coast to the east coast with the AFC East. And the first team that we have to talk about is the Buffalo Bills. And I'll tell you what, this is a team... Uh, primed and ready for another you know, run to a potential Super Bowl. You've got Josh Allen, your uh, franchise quarterback, the face of the franchise, all pro caliber quarterback. Uh, you know, you've got a really solid receiving core with Stephon Diggs, Gabriel Davis, Isaiah McKenzie was re-signed, Emmanuel Sanders is a free agent, Cole Beasley was let go. Uh, so really what you're looking at, maybe get another receiver at some point in the draft. Dawson Knox has, has really emerged at the tight end position. O.J. Howard brought in there, so I think you're fine uh, at the tight end position. Then Devin Singletary and Zach Moss, really a nice one-two combo there at the running back position. Then you move on to the offensive line. They re-signed Mitch Morse. They brought in Roger Saffold from, from Tennessee uh, to take care of the interior of that line. You know, Ike Botker, uh, you know, Ryan Bates, Cody Ford. You know, who's going to really step up and take on that other guard spot? You know, really, Ike Botker is a, is a free agent, could be brought back. You, you've got Deion Dawkins, you've got Spencer Brown and Tommy Doyle there at, at the offensive tackle position. So I think you're you're set there. Then you look at the defensive position. You know, the defensive line is absolutely ridiculous. You know, you've got already had Gregory Russo, AJ Epinesa, and Boogie Basham through the draft. You knew that uh, Jerry Hughes, Mario Addison uh, were going to be free agents and likely not back, uh, you know, because they're they're into their 30s and you want to provide some youth to that defensive line. Shaq Lawson also brought in. But what do they do? They go out and they sign Vaughn Miller, two-time Super Bowl champ, Super Bowl 50 MVP, 
now you add Von Miller to the mix, and it's just it's scary when you look at the, the amount of guys that can get after the quarterback there. Then you've got Ed Oliver on the interior of the line, another guy with a really quick get-off. You put Tim Settle next to him, a, a big, beefy guy there at that nose tackle position. Starlo Tulele is still on the line. You bring in Jordan Phillips as well. And I'll tell you, this is a team that's just they're continuing to reload, even with Harrison Phillips leaving uh, and Vernon Butler, a free agent as well up front. You know, I really like the moves that they've been making. Linebackers, obviously, you've got Trey, Trey Ed, uh, Tremaine Edmonds and Matt Milano. You know, and, and so you're set there. You've got some veterans. The same thing with the safeties. You've got Micah Hyde, Jordan Poyer. Makes a lot of sense you know, with, with the groups that you have there. So really, what are they targeting? I've already mentioned that receiver position as, as a potential area uh, behind Diggs and Davis. I think McKenzie's probably your fourth receiver, so you're probably looking at a number three. But then you're looking at that cornerback position. You've got Tredavious White. Levi Wallace is gone. So you have Dane Jackson, uh, Taron Johnson, your nickel, and then you know just some depth players, Cameron Lewis, Elijah Griffin, Saron Neal. So I think that cornerback position is a, is really a spot that the Bills are going to be looking at early. Will they go in the first round, or are they going to look at you know more depth really on day two at that position? I think the Bills could be targeting a receiver. You know, and again, you know the same names that are going to keep coming up. You know, Jahan Dotson, and uh, you know another guy to take a look at is, is Chris Olave, Jamison Williams as well. So I think with the Bills, they're just continuing to to re reload with this team and I think that they're gonna they're proving why they're going to be around that you know 2022 uh, is going to be just like 2021 you know 2021 was not a fluke this is a team that's here to stay really like the moves that they've been making so far and uh, you know be interesting to see how the rest of the roster plays out over the next uh, few months moving on to Miami you know and this is a team now that uh, you know you don't have Brian Flores coming in any you know uh, at the, the head coaching spot. So really the question is is you know what what, what is the identity going to be for Miami? What does Mike McDaniel want to do? Um, you know the former offensive coordinator of the 49ers uh, right now. Tua Tonga Bailoa is his guy at the quarterback position. He brings in Teddy Bridgewater as a backup. So I think the quarterback position is set for now. You look at the running back position. And he brings in Raheem Mostert, a running back that he knew from the 49ers. He also brings in Chase Edmonds, another guy from the NFC West. A couple of guys that he's really comfortable with. Also has Miles Gaskin, Salvan Ahmed, Duke Johnson, Philip Lindsay, Malcolm Brown. Likely not going to be back. Also brings in a fullback in Alex Ingle. I thought that was a great move there as well up front. You've got... Jalen Waddle and Devontae Parker as your receivers. Preston Williams was re-signed, but then they bring in Cedric Wilson as well from the Cowboys. I thought that was a nice pickup as well. Uh, so the receiving core really starting to round out while well, they, they re-signed Mike Kosicki. They have Adam Shaheen, Hunter Long. So you're starting to build some of those receivers. I think they could end up going with one more receiver, possibly another running back. Uh, you know, someone that could go in there and, and probably one of those bigger backs because all these guys are smaller running backs. They need a, a bigger back as well. Uh, you know, I think the offensive line is really where the, the concern has been. And you look at, they bring in Connor Williams from, from the Cowboys. You've got Robert Hunt there at the other guard spot. I, I think that's turning into a strength. Liam Eikenberg, 
Uh, is he a guard? Is he a tackle? I think he's likely going to start at that left tackle position. Look, Tua's a lefty, so really that right tackle is protecting the blind side. You're looking at Jesse Davis there right now at right tackle, and I think they need an upgrade at that right tackle position. Austin Jackson's proven to be a bust at the offensive tackle position, the former first-rounder out of USC. I, I think you have to go right tackle, and I'm looking at Daniel Fa'alele, um, you know, the, the mammoth, 6'8", uh, 380-pound, 6'9", sorry, uh, you know, out of Minnesota. I, I look at him, I, I think about guys like like Orlando Brown. You know, you saw the combine performance for, for Orlando Brown, left a lot to be desired, and now Orlando Brown is a, an all-pro tackle. Um, Daniel Fa'alele, yes, he's huge, but he has some incredible movement skills for a guy his size. Once he gets on, latches onto you, you're not, he's not letting go, and he's just so big that you know even when you may think you've got the corner he's just got so much length and girth that it takes you forever to get around this guy i think there's a good chance that you could see miami take a chance on him there um, when you look at things defensively obviously getting emmanuel ogba to resign was huge for them um, you know you've got him andrew van ginkle jalen phillips is still uh, developing didn't have the best year uh, in his rookie season um, I, I think you know, you've got Christian Wilkins at one uh, defensive end position. I, I think there's a chance uh, that we're going to see uh, you know another defensive end potentially taken um, at some point in this draft. I think that makes a lot of sense. Uh, Raekwon Davis right now, the nose tackle. John Jenkins is a free agent. I think there's a chance that they target somebody there. Um, you know, you've got Jerome Baker, Landon Roberts, Duke Riley were both re-signed. Uh, so interior, uh, that, that inside linebacker position I think is, is set. You look at the corners, Xavier Howard, Byron Jones, Noah Igbenogany. I think you're probably looking at, you know, maybe another corner in the draft, Nick Needham right now, your, your nickel. Um, Justin Coleman's a free agent, so I, I think there's a chance you could see a corner drafted. And then really that safety position, Brandon Jones, Javon Holland, they've really stepped in and proven that, look, you know, Eric Rowe is really the, your third safety. Jason McCourty likely gone in free agency at this point. So if I'm, if I'm the Dolphins, I'm definitely targeting a right tackle um, there with, with our, our first pick uh, at the end of round one. And then... You're looking at probably a, a de, you know the defensive line. Uh, you need another edge rusher and probably another corner. I, I think are probably some of the areas that I'd be looking for if I'm the, the Miami Dolphins at this point. So Bill Belichick and New England, uh, you know, the, a, a team. You, you look at their roster and you know it's one of those things to where they're definitely there's in, in some rebuild mode. You know, I think Bill Bill Belichick really looking to try to bring in the guys that he wants. Um, you know, and uh, you know, they re-signed uh, James White. So you've got that three-headed monster of Damian Harris, James White, and uh, Ramondre Stevenson. You look at the receiver position. You've got Nelson Aguilar, Ke uh, Kendrick Bourne, Jacoby Myers, uh, you know, Nikhil Harry. What you're lacking is a true number one wideout. They drafted Nikhil Harry you know, in the first round, number 32 overall a few years ago, and he just hasn't panned out. He's been a bust. And so I, I think at some point you're going to see the Patriots take a receiver. It just won't be in round one. I, I think they, they will. It just won't be round one. Um, you know, tight end position is, is set with Henry and Smith. They, they loaded up in free agency a, a season ago. Trent Brown is a free agent, so the question is, is going to be whether or not they bring him back. Um, otherwise, I think they're going to definitely target 
uh, that, that right tackle position. Um, and then the guards, they, they traded away Shaq Mason. That was really a, you know, a cash saving measure when they, they traded him away to the Bucks. Um, so I, I think getting somebody to pair up with Michael Onwenu on, on the inside of that line, along with da- uh, David Andrews at the center position, I think that's a, a direction that Bill Belichick's going to want to go. Look, that defensive end position, they've got Dietrich Wise, they've got Lawrence Guy, but I think they need to add uh, another defensive end to the mix as well, somebody that can start you know, pushing the passer just a little bit there at that defensive end spot. You know, you've got Christian Barmore on the inside, uh, but I think you can add another defensive lineman potentially more than likely through free agency because I think there are other needs for the Patriots that they're going to be addressing on the first two days of the draft. I don't know that there's going to be a ton of uh, of value there at the defensive tackle draft class on day three uh, unless they really uh, you know, find a gem later on in that draft. I just don't know that that's necessarily going to happen. Then you move on to that, that middle linebacker spot. You've got Dante Hightower, Jamie Collins, both going to be free agents and you're looking at Devin Lloyd you're looking at N'Kobe Dean I think both of these guys really fit what Bill Belichick wants at that linebacker position and look Devin Lloyd I think he had a chance to potentially be in the conversation for the the top 10 picks runs in the four uh, four sixes so it's not bad by any means but you know when, when you're looking at him if he was running in those four threes four fours then I think you're talking about Devin Lloyd in the first half of round one, but I think now when you're looking at where where he may fall, 21 is is a little bit more realistic, and so I think Devin Lloyd, there's a great chance you see him there. Uh, Chase Winovich is is gone now. Kyle Van Noy is no longer on the roster. You need someone to pair up with Matthew Judon coming off the edge. Uh, Ronnie Perkins is a guy that's that's still developing, so I think you could potentially see them get another pass rusher. And look, that cornerback position, you lose J.C. Jackson. I think corner is another position that you target at number 21 potentially Joan Williams now I, I just don't he's got the length he's got the size but he just can't really hold up against some of the speedier wideouts you got Jalen Mills you got Jonathan Jones they bring in Terrence Mitchell uh, to, to handle probably the third cornerback spot um, so it'll be interesting to see how that group plays out but I think you do need to get another corner um, Devin McCourty was brought back three, really the veteran of that secondary. You have Adrian Phillips, Kyle Duggar there as well. Um, so I think linebacker, corner, receiver uh, are the main areas to really target early on. That, that tackle position, right tackle, depending on what happens with Trent Brown and what, what they do in free agency. And then obviously that, that guard position as well with Shaq Mason uh, being traded away to Tampa. Then we move on to the New York Jets. And, and look, you know, this is a franchise that is desperate for some success. And you know, you've got Robert Sala, you know, Jordan Whitehead, the safety from, from the Bucks, you know, the, a kid who's already won a Super Bowl, you know, through his, his rookie deal and was looking for that second contract. And, and Robert he said, look, Robert Sala was the reason why I wanted to go play for the Jets. So, you know, I think he's getting in a lot of the, the, the right type of players. And, um, you know, it's going to be interesting to see how things play out for the Jets because they do have two first-round picks. They've got the number four overall pick and the number 10 pick as well. So it really makes things interesting. What I loved uh, with, with what they were doing, to get their safety, Jordan Whitehead, because we know Marcus May uh, left in free agency. Um, so the chances of them actually taking Kyle uh, Hamilton likely not going to happen uh, there at number four or number ten. Um, you look at at the cornerback position. There was a lot of talk that maybe they will go with a corner 
um, whether it's it's Derek Stingley or possibly into the Amon Gardner sweepstakes if they considered Sauce at number four. But they've signed DJ Reed to pair up with, with Bryce Hall. And then you've got Michael Carter, the second, Brandon Eccles also showing some promise there. So, you know, I think if anything, you get another veteran at that cornerback position, maybe another young guy as well. Um, but I, I don't think that that's the position that they're going to be looking at. Obviously, you look at the, the linebacker position. You've got C.J. Mosley in the middle. They bring in, uh, they lose Blake Cashman, and then Jared Davis is also a free agent. So I think that linebacker position needs to be shored up, especially on the outside. Um, you know, right now you have Hamza Nazaruddin, Quincy Williams, Damian Sherwood. You know, I, I think that's a position that's definitely going to be focused. Uh, in the draft because I think there are a lot of linebackers to be had um, you're really in the second and third days of the draft and then you go up front defensively they bring in Jacob Martin along with, with Carl Lawson there um, at that defensive end likely going to be your starters you also have John Franklin Myers uh, Bryce Huff uh, Jabari Zuniga Bradley and I um, but they're lacking a true playmaker as an edge rusher. I think when you're looking at, at number four, number 10, I think they have to target uh, the best player available. And if you're sitting there at number four, um, if Kayvon Thibodeau happens to fall to you there at four, and there's a great chance that, that could happen. Uh, it looks like Aiden Hutchinson is likely being targeted um, with that number one overall pick. We're talking about Jacksonville here in a minute. If that happens, then... Where do the Lions go? Lions could go Thibodeau. I think they have some options there at number two overall. And then Houston at number three um, you know, could also go in a, in a number of directions. You get to number four. Um, who's going to be that, that pass rusher that's available? You may wait for number 10 uh, if that's the case as well. But I think when you look at that wide receiver position, that's another area that they need to, to shore up. You've got... Uh, you know, Corey Davis battled some injuries, but I think he he showed up well for Zach Wilson. Elijah Moore is a keeper as a uh, as a rookie coming in for a second season. Denzel Mims, uh, you know, I, I don't know if he's going to be back on the roster or not. But Braxton Berrios really showed up well in the slot. Jamison Crowder, Keelan Cole, both free agents. Their future with the with the franchise, I think, is in question right now. Um, so I think you do need to, to look at another receiver. You don't have a true number one in this group, so you could potentially target a guy like uh, you know Traylon Burks or uh, you know Drake London with that 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 first receiver pick, or even. Uh, Garrett Wilson, possibly at that number 10 overall selection. You're not going to use that number four pick there. So I, I think that's going to be something to keep an eye out for. And then when you move to that offensive tackle position, you look at Mekhi Becton um, there on the left side. You know you've got him solidified there. But then um, you know, with Morgan Moses leaving for, for Baltimore, that opens up a hole on the right-hand side of that line. You've got George Fan, Chuma Adoga, Connor McDermott on the roster, but I think if uh, you know, Iki Aquanu is sitting there at number four, or Evan Neal for that matter, I think at number four you have to go offensive tackle. Really make sure that this offensive line is set in, uh, in front of Zach Wilson. So if you figure, because they brought in Lincoln Tomlinson to man that, that guard spot opposite Elijah Veritucky, you have Connor McGovern at center, Makai Becton, and then either Evan Neal or Iki Aquanu both of those guys can play the right tackle spot, then I think you're in, in great shape protecting your investment there in Zach Wilson. I think that's really the direction that they should go at number four overall. If uh, either Kayvon Thibodeau uh, is not available, they're at number four. And then at, at number 10, 
if you've gone past rusher, if Thibodeau is there, then I think at that point, the, the top offensive tackles will no longer be on the board. You go receiver. I think, you know, you go with my wide receiver one, and that's Drake London. If by chance they end up going with that offensive tackle, then I think at that point you're going with the pass rusher. And really the question is, is, is it going to be David you know, Jabo? Is it going to be, it might be a little early for George Karloftis, but you look at a guy like Trayvon Walker, I think that'd be another guy that you could potentially be targeting there with that number 10 overall pick. But uh, I like the moves that the Jets have been making to this point. You move on to the AFC North. And I'll tell you, you know, what, what you're seeing there with, with Baltimore, this is a team that hasn't made a ton of moves, but you know this is you know, they're just primed and ready to to rebuild and, and reload. And, and obviously, 2021 was a disappointment for for Baltimore, but I, I think this is a team. If Lamar Jackson can stay healthy, they've got a lot of pieces in place. Um, obviously, at that running back position, they've got a ton of guys: J.K. Dobbins, Gus Edwards. Tyson Williams, Justice Hill, uh, you know, receivers. Again, Rashad Bateman, Marquise Brown are your top guys. You've got De- uh, Devin Duvernay, Sammy Watkins likely gone in free agency. So then you have Tylen Wallace, Miles Boykin is there, James Prochet. So a lot of younger receivers, a lot of depth there for, for Lamar Jackson. Then you have the tight end position. You have Mark Andrews, obviously your all-pro tight end. Nick Boyle is a nice number two. Offensive line, look, you know Ronnie Stanley, keep him on the field there as your your left tackle, and then opposite him you've got Morgan Moses. I mentioned that that he was gone from from the Jets. Now you're looking at him there as your right tackle. We know that Baltimore likely will not be targeting Trevor Penning there at number 14 overall. I mentioned that there's a chance that they could take Jordan Davis, but at that north that nose tackle position. Michael Pierce was brought in. And so if you have Brandon Williams, Justin Ellis may or may not be back on the roster, but Michael Pierce is the guy that's going to hold down the middle of that defense and then may allow them to shift gears away from Jordan Davis and really focus on that center position because you look at Bradley Bozeman, he is a free agent. And you look at the guard spot, by by the way, because Bradley Bozeman potentially could have played guard. You're looking at uh, Tyree Phillips, Kevin Zeitler, Ben Cleveland, Ben Powers, Look, at this point, Bradley Bozeman is gone in free agency, in my opinion. And I think if you're bringing in a guy like Tyler Linderbaum there at that center spot, you know, that makes a ton of sense for the Ravens. Really solidify things up front. Protect Lamar Jackson. You know what happened to your franchise after Lamar went down. I think you got to be able to, to take care of him a little bit up front. You know, I, I think when you look at, at the defensive line, you know, Calais Campbell, you know, how many more years is, is, is he going to play? Derek Wolf has battled some injuries in the past. I think you look to add some some depth there along the defensive line. Um, Justin Houston's a free agent. May or may not be back. Pernell McPhee, also a free agent. Is he going to be coming back? Um, you know, So you've got Odafe Owe. I think there's a chance you could potentially see the Ravens pair him up with David Ojabo, his, his high school teammate. There's a lot of depth at that edge rusher position. They could potentially wait until round two and still get a really good edge rusher. I think that'll be one to keep an eye out for. Um, you know, I, I think when you look at, at the linebacker position, Josh Bynes is a free agent. So you've got Malik Harrison, you've got Patrick Queen, um, you know, and then at the sandbacker, Tyus Bowser, Jalen Ferguson. The linebacker position, I think, is still could potentially be in flux before we get to the draft. When you look at the cornerback position, you've got obviously Marlon Humphrey and Marcus Peters. That's a given. Jimmy Smith. 
a veteran. He's a, a free agent at this point. Um, is he going to be back? You know, that's going to be a huge question mark. I think you're going to end up needing to get another corner at some point um, if you're the Ravens. And then at that safety position, you know, that was a discussion. You had Deshaun Elliott as a, a free agent. You bring in Marcus Williams uh, from the, uh, the Saints. You've got Chuck Clark there. I think that'll really solidify the group. Uh, so really, if I'm the Ravens, I'm looking at um, you know potentially that center with Tyler Linderbaum. I, I think you could go with an edge rusher, whether it's it's David Ojabo, potentially uh, a George Karloftis. Jermaine Johnson could easily be in the mix as well. Um, or you know, up front defensively, uh, potentially looking to, to target somebody. You, know, you could still look at, at Jordan Davis, pair him up. You know, imagine moving uh, you know, Michael Pierce to the defensive tackle position. Uh, you know, and then you have Derek Wolf and Calais Campbell up front as well. That could be a scary group up front for the Ravens. Um, so be interesting to see how that plays out. You know, you know that Ozzie Newsome still has his hand in things there. Uh, you know, helping out with, with the Ravens. So I'll be excited to see uh, what direction they go uh, when we get to the draft. Cincinnati, Super Bowl runner-up. Uh, you know, the, obviously the AFC champs offensively took a huge leap forward with Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase coming in. Really, I mean, dynamic playmakers there. Trey Higgins, Tyler Boyd had great seasons, as did Joe Mixon. Um, you look at that offensive line and just Joe Burrow, the number of sacks, you know, he just, you've got to be able to take care of, of Joe Burrow. And what do they do in free agency? They've already brought in Ted Karras and Alex Kappa. They're going to take care of that at guard spot. They've got Trey Hopkins, who's a pretty good center, and you've got Jonah Williams. That right tackle position, Riley Reef, he's a free agent. I don't expect him to be back. I was expecting, uh, you know, instead of Jamar Chase, I had Jamar Chase penciled in at number five overall in last year's draft and ultimately went with Panay Sewell because I thought that Sewell would ultimately take over for Riley Reef, really be able to protect Joe Burrow coming off the knee injury. Ultimately, um, you know, that, that didn't happen. So you're looking at that right tackle spot and for Cincinnati at 31 overall, you know, look, you've got to protect Joe Burrow um, and I think Bernard Raymond um, is going to come into to consideration here. Uh, potentially uh, Daniel Fa'alele. Um, if you think Zion Johnson can play tackle, I, I think that's also a, a potential landing spot for him. Um, you know, I, I think those are those are the guys that you kind of look at there. Um, but there's a chance that you know because of, of Bernard Raymond, where where he's at, it may take him a year or two. He's a 25 year old, will be a 25 year old rookie. Maybe they look elsewhere. Maybe we look at the defensive side of the football. And you look at, at that defensive end position, Trey Hendrickson, Sam Hubbard. I think they need some help up front getting after the quarterback. Uh, B.J. Hill was re-signed. D.J. Reeder there at that defensive tackle spot. They're going to need to get some depth there, um, especially losing Larry Ogunjobi. Um, linebackers, you know, I, I'm not worried with that group. Logan Wilson had a, had a stellar year. Jermaine Pratt also emerged. Akeem Davis-Gaither, Marcus Bailey, good depth players there. Uh, they re-signed Eli Apple to pair with Chidobi Uzie. You've got Mike Hilton, Trey Waynes. Um, you know, I still think that cornerback spot, look, you, you saw what the, the Rams were able to do with them down the stretch, especially with, with Cooper Cup there. Uh, I, I, I think Vernon Hargraves, especially after the penalty, I, I think he's gone. Uh, Trey Flowers likely isn't back either. Um, I think there's a good chance that, that since he could target a corner, 
Um, and then when you look at the safety position, being able to bring back Jesse Bates on the franchise tag, um, you've got Von Bell there as well. You know, possibly bring in one more guy for, for depth. But, uh, you know, I think corner, I think that right tackle spot, those are definitely areas. And then obviously along the defensive line, those are the areas if I was Cincy, I'd be looking at a target early on in, uh, in this year's draft. Which takes us to Cleveland. And the Browns, this franchise, it just seems like whenever, whenever we think they're, they're getting ready to emerge, they start self-destructing again. We've got Baker Mayfield, and there was all this talk about potentially having him traded because of Deshaun Watson. They're entering into the, the, the mix there, and they're talking about you know, things were leaked to the media about wanting a grown-up at the quarterback position. And when they lose out on Deshaun Watson, they, Baker Mayfield says, look, the bridge has been burned. I, I don't know that, I, that, that this is going to work out at this point. And the, the Browns management comes back and they say, we're not going to honor your request for a trade. I mean, really, you know, Cleveland, they need to ultimately figure out what's going to happen there. They're not going to end up drafting a quarterback at 13 overall. I think if anything, you know, they, they probably keep Baker. The reason why they want to keep Baker is because they're going to be targeting a quarterback in next year's draft. C.J. Stroud comes to mind. I think they could potentially look to to package uh, some picks, try to move into uh, an early draft pick, and and be able to land a guy like C.J. Stroud. I think that that makes a lot of sense to be able to, to take an in uh, in-state product there, like like C.J. Um, Bryce Young is also another guy that's going to be out there. But but look, with Cleveland, they miss out on, on Deshaun Watson. You know, really, what else do you have? You've got you know. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, you've got Jameis Winston. Uh, you know, I, I just don't know that there are many options for Cleveland. Um, so I, I think really what you're going to have is kind of a lame duck quarterback there with Baker Mayfield who wants out, and you know they're not going to offer up anything beyond that that fifth year. And so you know maybe this is just a, a ploy by Baker to try to get money, uh, more money out of Cleveland to get the extension. But uh, I think at the end of the day, what we'll probably see is is Baker Mayfield likely not in a Cleveland Brown uniform. Um, you know, I, I still think that there's a good chance that we don't see him there at the end of, you know, for the start of the 2022 season. But um, you know, it'll be interesting to see exactly how all of that plays out. You know, Baker was playing injured. And look, you know, you talk about a gamer. This was a guy, yes, it was his, his non-throwing shoulder that was injured, but you could tell that it definitely affected his his game for the rest of the season. He tried to gut it out. So, you know, props to him for that. But when you look at, at this group, whoever's going to be quarterback, you need to be able to have weapons to, to get the ball to. And, and, you know, Austin Hooper's a free agent. They re-signed David Njoku, Harrison Bryant at the other tight end position. I think you're set at running back between Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt, Dearness Johnson, Demetric Felton. I mentioned all those other positions because, obviously, the wide receiver position is the biggest question mark. Jarvis Landry, Richard Higgins, no longer there on the roster. You needed a number one. You end up trading for Amari Cooper. So Amari Cooper is going to be your guy. You've got Donovan Peoples-Jones. You signed Jakeem Grant as well. Anthony Schwartz, potentially a, you know your speed guy on the outside, but I think you need another wideout. You know, I think Garrett Wilson at 13 makes a ton of sense. Um, you know, even with uh, with Amari Cooper there, you pair Cooper up with Wilson. You know, I, I think you've got some things there. Uh, Jedrick Wills at left tackle. I think Jack Conklin. He just can't stay on the field. You know, and, and so with Chris Hubbard, a free agent, you could potentially look to uh, get another right tackle. 
especially if Jack Conklin ends up moving on. You've got Joel Batonio, Wyatt, Wyatt Teller there at the guard position. Nick Harris at the center taking over for J.C. Treader makes a ton of sense. I think edge rusher is going to be another spot that you're going to really be focusing on. You've got Miles Garrett, obviously. You traded for uh, Chase Winovich. You traded uh, Mac Wilson. And so really what you're looking at, you know, Davion Clowney, Takaris McKinley, they're both free agents. So I, I think an edge rusher there at 13 also makes a ton of sense. Uh, they brought in Taven Bryan, potentially taking the place of Malik Jackson there at defensive tackle. Um, but you know a lot of guys, you know Sheldon Day to Malik McDowell to, to Jordan Elliott to, to Tommy Togiai. I think they need to address that that defensive tackle position. So I think defensive line is definitely a spot that you're going to be looking at. Jordan Davis really makes more sense in a uh, a 34 defense and a 4-3. Uh, but could they potentially look at, at Jordan Davis? Maybe not. Maybe they look at, at Devontae Wyatt um, you know, there for that group. Um, you look at the linebacker position. They re-signed Anthony Walker. We know that Jer Jeremiah Wusukoromo is going to be there. They still need an upgrade over Sione Taketake. They traded Mac Wilson. And uh, Malcolm Smith is a free agent. So that linebacker spot is going to be something that I, I think you really need to be looking at. Uh, but I think you're probably looking at a day two selection there um, if you're, you're Cleveland. Cornerbacks, I'm not too worried about. Denzel Ward, Greg Newsom, Troy Hill, Greedy Williams, you're fine there. Uh, John Johnson at safety. Ronnie Harrison is a free agent. Uh, MJ Stewart already left in, in free agency. You're looking at Grant Delpit, Richard LeCount. You know, you may see another safety brought in just for some added depth to that position. But really, when, when it comes down to it, you're going to be targeting a receiver, defensive line, linebackers. I think that's really where Cleveland's going to be looking. Pittsburgh Steelers, it's the end of the Ben Roethlisberger area, era. And really the question is, is whether or not they're going to go after a quarterback at number 20 overall. I think people still expect them to either go after Kenny Pickett or Malik Willis at number 20. But uh, with the signing of Mitchell Trubisky there, and you already re-signed Dwayne Haskins, and you have Mason Rudolph, I, I just don't see the Steelers going with a quarterback at number 20, especially when there are other positions that you could address. You know, running back, they already took care of that with, with Najee Harris. What about the receiver position? You've got Chase Claypool, you've got Deontay Johnson, but Juju Smith-Schuster, James Washington, both free agents, Ray Ray McLeod's already signed elsewhere. Receiver, definitely an area of need. you got to be able to to allow you know Mitchell Trubisky to, to throw to some targets. Um, you know, Pat Fryermuth at tight end. Eric Ebron's a free agent, but you still have Zach Gentry on the roster. Um, you know, you may bring in another tight end there at some point. Um, you know, Chuck's a uh, core of four. They're at the, at, at, uh, at the right tackle position. Left tackle, Dan Moore right now is your left tackle. You've got Zan, uh, Zach Banner, uh, who's, who's a free agent. Battled the injuries. You know, that doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. I think ultimately there's a good chance that we can see Pittsburgh target a, a, a tackle at number 20, possibly even look to move up depending on what happens with, with Trevor Penning, see if they might be able to uh, move ahead of the Chargers who could very well be targeting Penning. 
Um, you know, at the guard position, they bring in James Daniels. At the center position, they bring in Mason Cole. So now you've added some depth. You already have uh, Kendrick Green on the roster. You have Kevin Dotson as well. So I think that was definitely a great move. They're, they're getting upgrades over J.C. Hassenauer uh, and, and, and Trey Turner and, and B.J. Finney. So I, I like the moves there up front. So really offensively, I think what you're looking at is, is a, a left tackle and uh, some receiver help for sure. Uh, along the defensive front, you know, you have Cam Hayward. You know, we know that he's a pro bowler. Uh, Stephon Tua, Chris Wormley, uh, there along the defensive line. And then at nose tackle, Tyson Alu-Alu. Uh, you know, I think you could definitely provide some additional depth there up front. Um, pass rushers, you've got TJ Watt, you've got Alex Highsmith. I think they could use some additional depth behind the two of them. Um, inside backer, though, I think you're set now with the addition of Miles Jack to play with, with Devin Bush. I think the interior... Um, is really going to be looking looking strong there for, for the Steelers. Cornerback, this is really going to be another question mark. You bring in Levi Wallace, which I think was a good get. You've got Cameron Sutton, um, Akella Witherspoon, and, and Arthur Marlette were re-signed. Um, really the big question mark is what's going to happen with Joe Hayden. You know, will, will the Steelers look to re-sign him? Do they bring in another free agent corner? If not, then I think you're going to be looking at some depth at that position at some point, but the addition of Levi Wallace kind of tempers that need a little bit. Um, you look at the safety spot, Mika Fitzpatrick, you know he's going to be your guy on the back end. Terrell Edmonds, the former first-round pick, he's a guy that, that is a question mark whether or not he's going to be brought back. Um, you've got Trey Norwood, who's got some versatility that can play both corner and safety. So I, I think, you know, depending on what happens with uh, Terrell Edmonds, they could target a safety at some point as well. But honestly, I, I think really what you're looking at, um, that receiver spot makes a lot of sense, that, that tackle spot, and then up front defensively uh, and getting another pass rusher to help out Watt and Highsmith. But I think at the end of the day, when you're talking about the Pittsburgh Steelers, Mitchell Trubisky, is he a stopgap quarterback? That's going to be the biggest question mark right now. Um, can he succeed? Sure, he can succeed. We've seen flashes, and I think you know his time behind uh, Josh Allen, Brian, you know, working with Brian Dable. I think it'll be interesting to see what he can do under center with Mike Tomlin there in Pittsburgh. Now we're moving on to the last division there in the AFC, and that's the AFC South. And we're going to start with the Houston Texans, and obviously they've been the talk right now with Deshaun Watson there, your quarterback. Um, no criminal charges, even though he does have 22 civil suits. I think that's one of the things that teams have to be mindful of is that there, he could still uh, receive some punishment from the league. But Deshaun Watson, it looks like it's down to either the Falcons or the Saints at this point. And when you're talking about, you know, obviously first round picks, if I'm Houston, I'm sitting there at number three overall. Falcons have that number eight overall pick. And then you're also looking at the number 18 pick if you're talking about the Saints. Um, so really be interesting to see what happens. Deshaun Watson is from the Atlanta area, was a ball boy there for the Falcons, knows Arthur Blank well, so I think there's a great chance that that's where we see him move. And so I think that's going to be interesting to see how it all plays out. If they do get that pick there at number eight, then Houston really, there's a lot that they can do. Um, and so... As we move through this, you look at Davis Mills, and he showed some promise, showed some upside. I think ultimately if Deshaun Watson is traded to Atlanta, I think Matt Ryan could potentially be on the move to Houston. Aging quarterback, 
really be able to, to step in and kind of help Davis Mills develop while Deshaun Watson ends up moving moving on to Atlanta. I just don't see uh, uh, any reason for Matt Ryan to stay in Atlanta if that's the move that's made. Um, when you look at that running back spot, you know, running back, look, with David Johnson, a free agent, you've got Rex Burkhead, you brought in Dario Ogubawale, uh, you re-signed Royce Freeman, but I still think you need um, – you know, a, a guy that's going to potentially be a three-down back. You know, I, I look at this group, you have a lot of specialists, but you don't have a guy who could really, you know, be your, your workhorse if you need somebody, you know, because a lot of times games are still won on the ground. You know, a lot of times when you're looking to, to run out the clock, uh, you're still going to look to that running back and the running game. And, uh, you know, if David Johnson isn't brought back, I think you're going to see Houston target a running back. Uh, you know, possibly there at the beginning of, of day two. I think when you're thinking about that, you know, I think about Brees Hall as, as potentially a guy that uh, you know Houston could target early there on day two. Wide receiver position, uh, another group that uh, is, is lacking. You've got Brandon Cooks, Nico Collins, Chris Conley, Philip Dorsett, Chris Moore, uh, Danny Amendola is a free agent. So I, I think really at that wide receiver spot, again, you're going to need a, a wide receiver one for whoever's going to be your quarterback there. Uh, Davis Mills is going to need some some help. Uh, uh, and so I, I think Houston, if they do get that number eight overall pick, could potentially target Drake London or Traylon Burks with that number eight overall selection. Tight end spot, uh, you know, Farrell Brown, Brevin Jordan, I think, you know, this is a deep tight end class. I expect Houston to end up taking a tight end at some point. You look at the, the offensive tackle position, you've got Laramie Tunsil. And, you know, the question marks there, um, you know, with him, it, can he stay healthy or not? I, I think they're committed to Laramie, at least for now. Um, you look at, at Charlie Heck at right tackle right now or, or Titus Howard. Um, they could still end up moving with that right tackle spot. I think what you're looking at is is potentially Evan Neal or uh, Iki Aquanu at number three overall. I think that makes a lot of sense if I'm Houston. Um, you know, I th- they brought in AJ Can, they brought in and Justin Britt along the interior of that offensive line. So I think they shored things up there. Uh, they need pass rushers as well. They brought in Obo Okoronkwo from the Rams. Um, you got Jonathan Greenard, um, but look, Jacob Martin's gone. Demarcus Walker's a free agent. Jordan Jenkins really hasn't panned out. Uh, so I, I think you need to get some pass rushers. You need to get you know some guys that really can't get after the quarterback. Because if you're looking at the linebacker spot, they brought in Jalen reeves Maven, but that's not what he's known for. Same goes for, for Kevin Pierre-Lewis. Um, so I, I think you got to get a, some pass rushers. Number three overall, Kayvon Thibodeau. Telling you that could definitely be the, the pick there. If he's sitting there at number three, I think Houston has to target him. Um, when you're looking at the defensive tackle spot, um, you know another group. Look, they brought in Malik Collins. Um, you know, resigned him. You got Roy Lopez up front, which really you know one of the defensive gems um, with with the the draft a season ago um, out of Arizona. Ross Blacklock. Um, they could use some really a veteran up front more than anything else. I think. Um, you're looking at that linebacker spot. You do have Christian Kirksey, and you brought in Blake Cashman, um, Jalen Reeves, Maven. That looks like you're probably your starting linebacking core right now. But again, got to get after the passer. Got to be able to address that that pass rush spot. And, and wherever they go at 18, you're probably looking at you know in that range for George Karloftis potentially, um, possibly even David Ojabo. 
Um, so I, I think that makes a lot of sense as well. You look at that cornerback spot. Terrence Mitchell is gone. You've got Desmond King coming in. You've got Jimmy Moreland. Um, you know, I think corner, um, if I'm sitting there at three, you know, it might be a little too early for, for Sauce Gardner. But at number eight, if they're sitting there, then I could definitely see them. If Sauce Gardner is still uh, sitting there at the eighth overall spot, I think you could see him taking uh, Ahmad Gardner uh, to pair up with, with Desmond King there. And then at the safety spot, look, they brought in MJ Stewart. They re-signed Terrence Brook. And you've got Eric Mur uh, Murray there. Wouldn't it be nice to have Kyle Hamilton patrolling the back end of your defense, especially now that Justin Reed is gone? I think that makes a lot of sense there. There's just so many holes with Houston's group right now that if uh, if they do trade away Deshaun Watson, they're going to need to get a deal much like uh, – the Broncos had to give up for, for Russell Wilson. Seattle got a lot in return for Russell. And look, obviously Deshaun Watson is not Russell Wilson, but that's that's the type of, of trade I'd want to try to look for. Can I get a couple of veterans that I can plug in, whether it's a pass rusher, someone along the offensive line, try to fill a couple of needs, maybe also take Matt Ryan off of Atlanta's hands potentially, and then get some additional draft picks so you can start using that draft capital to uh, improve a lot of these holes uh, you know, along this this team right now, this roster. Lovey Smith has his work cut out for him, but you know it's one of those things. You see a lot of guys you know, re-signing with this, this team, and you've seen a lot of guys uh, want to come to this this organization as well. So even though there's a lot of lot in flux, a lot of unknown, um, you know, a lot of guys looking to want to play there for Lovey Smith in Houston. Indianapolis. This is a team in, in a lot of respects that's tailor-made and ready to, to challenge um, in the playoffs. Um, but obviously that quarterback spot, Carson Wentz out after one year, just a guy that, you know, decision-making just wasn't there. Leadership was questionable as well. Traded to the commanders. So now, obviously, Indy is in desperate need of a quarterback. Right now, you only have Sam Ellinger and James Morgan on the roster. Who do you go after? You know, I think you know Jimmy Garoppolo makes a lot of sense. Baker Mayfield wants to go to Indy if Cleveland lets him out. Um, I just don't see that necessarily happening, uh, especially now that Deshaun Watson, those sweepstakes are out the door. Um, but definitely, Indy is going to be targeting a quarterback um, via a, a trade. Because, look, they don't have a first-round pick in this year's draft, so they're going to need to look for a veteran at some point. Running back is that you've got, you know, Mr. All-World Jonathan Taylor uh, led the league in rushing. You've got Naeem Hines as, as your, uh, your other multi-purpose back. Receiver position, you've got Michael Pittman Jr., who has emerged as your number one wideout. Uh, but T.Y. Hilton, Zach Paschal, both free agents. Depending on what happens there, I think you could definitely upgrade that receiver position. Mo Ali Cox was was re-signed, and for you know it's good that they did because Jack Doyle retired. Um, you've got Kylan Granson who may potentially emerge as, as that number two tight end there. But with a deep tight end class, I expect Indy to look at another uh, another tight end there uh, at some point. You know, likely on day three. But look, that tight end group. You know the, the third to fifth round range. That's really the sweet spot of that draft class. Uh, Braden Smith is going to be your right tackle. Um, Eric Smith. I'm sorry, Eric Fisher and Julian Davenport are both free agents. I, I think you really have to make sure that you're showing up that that offensive front. So uh, you know if you can re-sign Eric Fisher, that would be great. Um, you know, Mark Glowinski is already gone. He's left in free agency. Uh, you did re-sign Matt Pryor. 
but I think you need another guy that's going to be playing next to the you know, opposite Quentin Nelson and next to Ryan Kelly to really solidify that group along the interior. You've got two of the best at their position in Quentin Nelson and Ryan Kelly, um, but you need another guard to really shore things up there. Um, you know, you drafted Quiddy Pay, you brought in Adengbo, uh, uh, you've got Ben Banigou, um, but you need another pass rusher, obviously, there if you're the Colts. And uh, Yannick Ngakwe, they made that deal with the, the Raiders, sending away Rock Yassin. And really, you know, you brought in uh, Brandon Faison. Um, he's ultimately going to take over that spot from, from Rock Yassin. You've got Kenny Moore, the second. But, you know, Xavier Rhodes is a free agent. So is TJ Carey, that cornerback spot. That's going to be an area that Indy's definitely going to be looking at and targeting. Uh, linebackers, they re-signed Zaire Franklin. You've got, obviously, you know, uh, you know, Darius Leonard and, and Bobby Okereke. Um, but I think depth is still a concern there at the at the linebacker spot. And then at the safety position, you've got Julian Blackman, who looks like to, you know, he's a keeper. And then you've got Kari Willis. I think you, you need depth there at that safety spot as well. Um, so I, I think if I'm the Colts, you know, I, I do want to shore up that receiver spot. I do want to, you know, if I can't get Eric Fisher, that tackle position becomes a priority. Same with the guard spot. If I can't replace Mark Lewinsky, um, I, I think we, we've got our, our pass rusher with, with Yannick Ngakwe, so we're good there. Maybe some depth at defensive tackle, depth at linebacker, uh, depth at corner, depth at safety. So really depth along the defense, uh, along the defense. Quarterback, you got to figure out who's going to be under center, leading the leading the way, and. Uh, like I said, it's going to be interesting to see really how all of this shapes up for Frank Reich because the Colts, if it's done right, there are the pieces in play here. I mean, you've got veterans like DeForest Buckner, like Darius Leonard uh, on the defensive side of the ball. You've got emerging stars in Jonathan Taylor, Michael Pittman at the skill position, and then Quentin Nelson and Ryan Kelly up front. You just got to figure out who in the world is going to be under center? Jacksonville. I think they decided they're going to spend all the money in free agency. Uh, you know, a lot of free agent acquisitions. But look, they were addressing a lot of spots that uh, you know that there were definite holes. Uh, when you look at the receiver spot, they brought in Zay Jones and Christian Kirk. They already have Lavisca Chenault, Marcus uh, Marvin Jones at the receiving core as well. DJ Chark is gone he's moved on to the lions and uh so i think trevor lawrence he doesn't really have a number one wide out with the moves they've made and the draft capital that they have they could just be targeting best player available so with the depth at the receiver position you could potentially get a guy in round two that could end up being a wide receiver one so that'll be something to keep an eye out for tight ends they bring in Evan Ingram. They have Dan Arnold on the roster. I think you know they're really looking to uh, get some more pass catchers there for uh, Trevor Lawrence. They bring back Cam Robinson. So they, they, they franchise tag him again. You've got Jawan Taylor and Walker Little at that tackle spot. Then you, re then you sign uh, Brandon Sheriff from the Commanders. And this is a Pro Bowl guard when he's healthy. He hasn't been able to stay on the field for an entire season. And so that's really going to be the key there. I think they're still going to need another guard. Um, and could you potentially slide Cam Robinson over to the guard spot if you end up going with uh, Ikiakuanu or Evan Neal? I think there's definitely a good chance that that could happen. 
know, but if you're spending tackle money with that franchise tag on Cam Robinson, why would you then move him to guard? I just, you know, I, I think at this point, this sign really tells you that they're going to be going with the pass rusher with that number one overall spot, and that's going to be Aiden Hutchinson when it's all said and done. And you look at this team on the defensive side of the football, um, defensive line, Adam Gotsis, Roy Robertson-Harris, Jeremiah Ledbetter, um, Malcolm Brown, Dewan Smoot, uh, Taven Bryan's gone. So up front defensively, yeah, there aren't, aren't many guys that are really going to scare you along that defensive line. Aiden Hutchinson in this offense right now would end up having to really play, you know, it's a, it's a 34 scheme, so he's going to have to play more of that outside linebacker, play in space a little bit. He got to do that a little bit there at, at Michigan, um, so I think there might be a little bit of you know, a learning curve getting used to to playing out there on um, out in space, but he's got the athleticism to be able to do it. You pair him up with, with Josh Allen on the outside, and then you have Kalevin Chasen as a, a third pass rusher. I think you're really starting to, to fix – some of that that defense. You, know, you brought in Foley Fatukasi um, to play the nose. I, I like that spot, that pickup. Um, you know, the linebacker spot. Miles Jack is gone. I think you you still have to address that inside linebacker position. I think that's something that you're going to be seeing in the draft again. There's going to be some depth at the position um, on day two, early day three. Um, they're likely going to stay away from the cornerback position because you do have Tyson Campbell, Shaquille Griffin. They brought in Darius Williams to likely be their nickel, and you have Trey Herndon that re-signed. You have Chris Claybrooks on the on the roster as well. Um, so I think there's a good chance that uh, we don't see them take a corner early unless there is a name that's sitting out there um, that really makes a lot of sense. Again, if they're drafting best player available and there's a corner on the board, that could definitely happen, but I don't think they're going to go out of their way to target uh, a corner early on. Safety, I, I think this is an area that can, that can use an upgrade. You've got Andre Sisco, Daniel Thomas, some young guys there, Andrew Wingard, and Rayshon Jenkins. I think you need to bring in another guy to really challenge this group for a starting spot. I think they're really waiting for Andre Sisco to emerge as a starter in this group, and I think you, what you need to do is, is get a safety in there to pair with him. So is there any chance that Evan Neal or Ikea Kwanu could come off the board at that number one overall pick. Um, I think the only way that that happens is if Cam Robinson slides inside to guard. Um, and really, if that does happen, then think about that. You've got either Kwanu or Neal at left tackle. You've got Brandon Sheriff at potentially left guard. Brandon Linder at center. Cam Robinson at right guard. And then either Jawan Taylor or Walker Little at right tackle. I think you know that that really solidifies that that front in front of, of Trevor Lawrence. But when you think about Josh Allen and Aiden Hutchinson getting after the quarterback, especially with an anemic pass rush like the Jaguars had, that may be too much for them to pass up. Um, so, but there is depth at that edge rusher position, and there's not nearly as much depth at that offensive tackle spot. Really, if you're talking about a guy that's going to come in and take over that left tackle spot day one. Evan Neal, Ikea Kwanu, there's a bigger drop-off when you're talking about day two prospects and when you're talking about Aiden Hutchinson and ultimately getting to a day two pass rusher. Just because there's so much depth at that pass rusher spot, there could be a, a chance that we could end up seeing Evan Neal, Ikea Kwanu come off the board one over, uh, number one overall. I mean, at the end of the day, if Doug Peterson wants to protect Trevor Lawrence, 
mean, you you get your offensive lineman regardless of the fact that you already have Cam Robinson franchise tag. But look, at the end of the day, if you're you're putting money to protect your your investment, the quarterback spot with Trevor Lawrence, you know that may actually be worth it when it's all said and done. So it'll be interesting to see exactly how this all pans out. Um, Hutchinson seems like the favorite, but offensive line. I keep going back to that offensive line, and it's kind of hard to get get that out of my head. And then finally, the Tennessee Titans. A disappointing end to the 2021 season. And when you look at this team, I think Ryan Tannehill, how he performed down the stretch, I, I think ten, you're going to see Tennessee give him another go at, at things. But, you know, he, he's one of those guys to where I wouldn't be surprised if his name were thrown out in a trade. We just haven't seen anything like that happen to this point. I think ultimately what's going to end up happening is uh, Tennessee maybe next year looks to target a quarterback because I think Ryan Tannehill really showed some of those those shortcomings and uh, really got exposed uh, down the stretch there. Uh, Derrick Henry, got to keep him healthy. Darrington Evans and Deontay Foreman are free agents. I think you're going to see Tennessee look after another running back. And uh, there's some mid-round depth at that position. Uh, with this draft class. So I, I think you're definitely going to see Tennessee bring in another running back at some point. Um, the wide receiver spot, I think you're going to see Tennessee target a receiver early. Um, this, again, is going to be in the range where, where Chris Olave and uh, Jamison Williams, uh, their names could definitely be floated around here. Uh, A.J. Brown, you know, is, is likely going to be your number one right now. Julio Jones was, was let go. Um, you have Nick Westbrook in there as well. Racy McMath. Um, Chester Rogers is a free agent. Um, so obviously receiver, you could potentially see Tennessee taking a, a receiver there in round number one. Tight end position, Anthony Ferkser, Michael Pruitt, Ryan Izzo, all free agents. You have Jeff Swain, and that's about it. You need a tight end. You really haven't gotten a, a tight end in there to replace Jonu Smith. I think that with this tight end class, you're going to see Tennessee target a, a, a tight end. It won't be in in the first round. We're not going to see Trey McBride come off the board in round one. Um, but I think you could see him target day two, you know, whether it's Greg Dulcich or Isaiah Likely. Um, you know, there are a lot of tight ends. Jeremy Ruckert is the guy that you could see potentially third, fourth round. Um, a lot of tight ends that uh, come off the board there to the Tennessee Titans. Um, I think that right tackle position is another spot to keep an eye out for. Um, you know, Daniel Fa'alele could potentially be, be playing opposite Taylor Lewan. Um, you know, with David Questenberry, a free agent. Um, I think at the end of the day, though, Dylan Radins um, deserves a shot at, at being a starter. He could uh, start at guard, but I'd love to see Dylan Radins start opposite Taylor Lewan at that tackle spot. Um, and if that's the case, if that's ultimately the angle that they're going for, you know that Roger Saffold uh, is gone in free agency. You've got Nate Davis there at guard, Aaron Brewer, but I think you're going to need another guard. I think you're going to see Tennessee probably target one there um, on day three of the draft. Uh, ben Jones re-signed at the center position, so you're, you're good there. Um, look, defensive line, uh, obviously Je Jeffrey Simmons is a beast. We know that up front. You've got Danico Autry, uh, Deshaun Hand. Um, could potentially, though, see a, a, a nose tackle. Um, I, I think that's a spot that definitely is vulnerable. Um, so really uh, shoring up things up the middle for 
uh, the Tennessee Titans. I think we could potentially see that um, as a move that's made at some point. You've got Bud Dupree. You've got uh, Harold Landry, but it, you still aren't able to put pressure on the quarterback. So I, I think a pass rusher is another spot that you could potentially see Tennessee target there in round one. But, but I'm looking at that inside linebacker spot because you already have Jayon Brown and Rashawn Evans as free agents. They may not be back. Zach Cunningham could be a potential cap casualty as well. David Long Jr. I think is going to be a keeper there at inside linebacker. But uh, there's the Kobe Dean and Devin Lloyd floating out there. Even Quay Walker potentially. I, I think Tennessee, if, if one of those guys is on the board, you have to jump at the chance to get him there in, in, at the end of round number one. And then, obviously, uh, you know, target a receiver with a deep class in round two. Tight end in round three or four. I think you're also looking at a pass rusher in that time frame as well. And uh, at that point, you're able to get a guard and maybe address that that, uh, that defensive line. You're set at safety with Kevin Byard and Amani Hooker. Um, and ultimately, at that corner spot, you may bring another guy, but you've got Caleb Farley, you've got Elijah Molden, you've got Christian Fuller, uh, Buster Scrine, and, and, and uh, uh, Chris Jackson. They're at that corner spot as well. So I think you're set there in the secondary. You just got to make sure that you're shoring up things um, with that front seven. And, uh, you know, I think we could potentially see Tennessee back. It just kind of really depends on what happens with Derrick Henry if – you can just hand the ball off to him and allow him to do his thing, then he's going to keep you in just about any game because the dude is an absolute beast on the ground. So it'll be interesting to see how, how Tennessee plays out the next 42 days leading up to the NFL draft there in Las Vegas, Nevada. So we've come to the end of the AFC and really the first few days of free agency and what that has meant so far for the draft. We're going to turn around and do the same thing with the NFC. And obviously the biggest news with the NFC was Aaron Rodgers and that three-year $150 million deal. But there's a lot more to the NFC than just Aaron Rodgers. And we're going to go ahead and cover all of that in episode 19. Hope you've enjoyed the content to this point And uh, stay tuned. In the next couple of days, I'll be releasing the next podcast. We'll talk all things NFC and the NFL Draft. So until then, for ReadyForTheDraft.com, this has been the Ready For The Draft podcast. I've been your host, Greg Schutz. Take care, everyone. And until next time, I am out of here.